Soccer 101, the podcast where we answer the soccer-based questions you never knew you had. On today's episode, we're looking at one of the most important Christmas traditions in Britain, Boxing Day football. What is it? Why is it so important? And what's happening to it this year? My name's Ryan Bailey, joining me as always. Hello, Taylor Rockwell. Hello, buddy. How you doing? I'm very good indeed. Excited about the uh, oncoming festivities. Joe Lowry, how are you? Hello, I'm quite well, Ryan. Thank you. Excellent stuff. And of course, Graham Ruthven, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you, Ryan. How are you? Very good indeed. All the better for having my three chums here on Soccer 101. <laughs> Why don't we get started by... I'm, I'm going to ask the um, North Americans in the room a quick question. I'll put you on the spot, Joe, first off. Do you know what Boxing Day is? And uh, part B, did you understand what it was, if you do? before you followed soccer yeah yes actually yes to both of those things i don't know how i first heard of boxing day i assume my parents had told me about it but none of us are british and none of us have a connection to england other than the whole tea thing back in the 1700s but uh i i (laughs) do know that boxing day is december 26th i do know at least this is what i was told as a child and i did some more research for this show but i was told as a child that it had something to do with the people with money, the rich people giving gifts to their servants, giving gifts to people that, that didn't have things. So that was my understanding of Boxing Day. I think that's still generally pretty accurate after the reading that I'd done. I don't know where that knowledge came from, Ryan, but at some point in my life, I did, I did know me a Boxing Day. You did indeed, and it feels pretty authentic, that explanation, to my understanding also. It's a holiday that originated in Britain, uh, celebrated in countries that were previously part of the empire. America not included in that statement. Uh, We're talking Australia, Canada, Ireland, and so on. Graham, is that pretty much your understanding of Boxing Day and its origins? Yeah, I mean, the the original meaning is is kind of debated. Um, It dates back to the the 1800s and Victorian times. And, and, And Joe's absolutely right. Well, the 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 exact origin is is kind of a little bit fuzzy. That there is a, a a common theme and agreement that it, it's the the original tradition saw wealthier people box up gifts to give to less fortunate people. On this day, there's another strand of the theory that the day after Christmas was when tradesmen and postmen and people in the service industry would receive boxes or of money or gifts um, from again common theme from from wealthier people. So. Yeah, there is definitely uh, an agreement on where the origin comes from, if not um, an agreement on the exact meaning exactly. Yeah, and I should mention, by the way, it's December 26th. I don't think I made that clear at the top. It's the day after Christmas is Boxing Day. Uh, Fun fact for you, Taylor, in in the UK, certainly, it used to, it kind of still is, used to be the biggest day for shopping. All the sales would start the day after Christmas. Uh, And it's like a a Black Friday equivalent, but doesn't really make much sense because you don't want to do all your shopping after Christmas when you've just spent all your money. And now Black Friday is, in the last 10 years or so, has become a big thing. So, uh, yeah, there's a fact for you, Taylor. Did you know that? 
I did not. I'm surprised by that because going with the kind of like the origins of the rich folk, as, as Joe said, I wouldn't imagine the rich folk want to go out and do that shopping. But I guess it has kind of morphed into more of a just like, all right, well, we've got all this inventory left over from the holidays. We got to get rid of it for the next round of things. So it's all cheap now. Like that does kind of make sense from a sales perspective. I, I never understood why people wanted to get up early and queue outside Debenhams the day after Christmas. I mean, these people are surely all hungover. <laughs> well, then Grant, you Grant, know, what would it take? What would it take for you? Like, what jersey would have to be? Yeah, on I was going to say it would have to be like a limited edition Paris FC, not PSG. The Paris FC are like a lower league team that have very mm-hmm. rare jerseys that are sponsored by Vice, the you know the media site. Mm-hmm. So if if it was one of those from a few years ago, then maybe I would I'd be tempted to queue up at seven a.m. But even then, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going on sale anytime soon, Graham. I apologise for that. Um, you could say that Boxing Day sales were a big tradition in the UK. I'd say probably um, Black Friday has superseded and now, Graham, it's mm-hmm. certainly in the last 10 years, so that's become a thing in the UK and Europe as well because they have it in Italy too these days. Uh, but the biggest tradition and arguably one of the UK's biggest sporting traditions is the Boxing Day fixture list. Uh, Graham, would you like to take it away and explain what happens on Boxing Day? Yeah, so in, in soccer terms, Boxing Day is traditionally the, the busiest day of the whole season. Um, there is traditionally, and this, this has changed a, a bit due to um, television rights and TV picks and so on, but traditionally there is a full card of fixtures in every division in, in the country, the majority of them, of them on at three o'clock, which is the, the traditional um, football time in the UK. Um, originally you used to get a lot of local derbies and, and, and rivalries on Boxing Day. The league would schedule them for this time to avoid fans travelling long distances at this time of year. And and this doesn't happen to the same extent now. Um, although in Scotland you do always get a New Year's Day Old Firm derby around this time of year um, and an Edinburgh derby as well. But this this just added to the sense of this being a, a special time in the soccer calendar and it's it's very much a time i always think of boxing day football as a time for friends and 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 family to go to these games together because obviously a lot of people are at home and in, in pre-covid times anyway a lot of people are at home you would maybe go to these games and there would be people there who don't normally go to games you know maybe the boxing day game is the only football match they go to in the whole season and um, mm-hmm. but people have a bit more time as i say they're at home and it just it just makes it it's it's the best day of the football calendar for me for that reason it, it just feels like it's very much a day of football in the whole country and it has that focus from the whole population yeah I, I completely agree with that graham it's it's very interesting you say it's the, your favorite day of this of the um of the sporting fixture calendar I, i'm inclined to agree with that there's, there's a different mood in the stadium as you say it's maybe more of a fa- family atmosphere maybe people who wouldn't normally go everyone of course or most people coming after a day off as well which always, always puts mm-hmm. people in a different mood and certainly in my family <laughs> it's always been about sports it's always been about soccer has boxing day like just just uh, i'm i'm at my mum's house at the moment in the uk and she she was saying you know um if the game is cancelled on boxing day which we're all planning to go to which spoiler alert, it has been cancelled just before we started recording but uh, if that game was cancelled then what would we do because boxing day for us has always been sports it's been nothing else we always that's just what you do you go to a game um and i think that's uh that that's the same for many families in in britain as well i did um a little bit of research and looked at the history graham and found according to the guardian the first boxing day fixture was played between two of the world's oldest football mm-hmm. clubs sheffield fc 
FC and Hallam FC in 1860. And my geography knowledge tells me that Sheffield and Hallam are basically next door to each other. So not a lot of travel for that one. And also, I was surprised to learn in researching this podcast that games were played on Christmas Day up until 1957. And teams would often play both days. And they, didn't, they stopped doing that because it's, it's quite hard to do that. Uh, and then fixtures would move to the more traditional date of Boxing Day. Maybe that's not, Taylor, maybe that's not more of a, a surprising thing for an American audience when you consider that NBA games happen on Christmas Day. There are bowl games in college on Christmas Day as well. So maybe that's not a, a shocking thing. Yeah, but I think, especially over here, maybe it's selfishly, I, I enjoy it being Boxing Day because Christmas morning you're usually up, you're usually opening presents or spending time with family. I don't think I usually have games on in the background, whereas Boxing Day feels like the day where you can kind of just enjoy yourself. You can wake up when you want to, you have a cup of coffee, you sit down, you watch some football. Ideally, it's snowing outside, although I think here on Boxing Day it's going to be 61 degrees because... Noise. Who knows why? Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the idea of it sticking with Boxing Day and sticking with that tradition. But who knows? Maybe, maybe like a Christmas evening game would be fun as well. Yeah, and I was trying, Graham, to look into why it has become such a tradition on uh, on Boxing Day to have a full fixture list in the UK, and not, and it hasn't really caught on anywhere else. Although Serie A, I seem to remember a couple of seasons did try yeah, it as they well. Did, yeah. They tried it one year, I think twenty seventeen eighteen, and it got good television audiences. It got good audiences in the stadiums. They just didn't do it again because hey, <laughs> Italy, they they but master the beat their own drum, uh, and um, I think. For, for for the UK, Graham, perhaps it's a means of differentiation from other countries. It's a you know that British spirit to yeah. to go to a game when it's cold and when all Spain and Germany and France they've all shut down for a few weeks and to it, it feels distinctly British maybe to go out and and bear the elements in that way. Yeah, and it is interesting how you reference there the rest of Europe closes down their leagues. I think the Bundesliga takes something like a five-week break over the winter. And uh, in Britain, we go, oh, so you're all taking a break over winter. Well, we'll give you a game every two or three days. Yeah. Uh, which is <laughs> what happens over the festive period in, in the Premier League and in British football in general. But I have to say, well... Um, I am not usually one for British exceptionalism, I have to say. Um, I would be properly gutted if the the Boxing Day games were... were actually, if the, fe- the festive schedule in general... I, I understand that maybe we could do more to limit the number of games. It does seem slightly over the top with teams playing two, two, uh, a game every two or three days, but... Festive football for me is is the best time for it's the best time of the year for football and uh, yeah I would I would really miss it and there's there's a history going back decades you mentioned there the the Sheffield uh, Hallam game the original Boxing Day game there's also the, perhaps the most famous Boxing Day game one that always comes up in folklore is the the Boxing Day kickabout that happened during the first uh, World War between. Uh, British and German troops who apparently called a temporary truce on Boxing Day to play a game of football with each other between the trenches. Now there's debate over how much of that has been glorified over the years and exaggerated but there does seem to be agreement that something happened on Boxing Day and there was there was some form of kickabout between the, 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 two, uh, the two armies, the two military forces. And then the other historic Boxing Day games that always get brought up, I'm sure you'll see it on Twitter circulating around this year, is in 1963 there was yeah. the most remarkable Boxing Day card of fixtures where 157 goals were scored in 39 games. You had Fulham uh, registering a 10-1 win over Ipswich Town. You had Liverpool beating Stoke City 6-1. You had 
Blackburn Rovers beating West Ham 8-2 and Burnley beating Manchester United uh, 6-1 which interestingly enough might have happened if Solskjaer had stayed in the job uh, much longer <laughs> I like that this year so we had what you said 157 goals over 39 games yeah and this year we've got 157 uh, able-bodied players over 39 yeah. games it's going to be risky it's going to be an interesting thing to see how it goes it will indeed. Plenty of history on this fixture, and that's interesting about the, um, the, the the Christmas Day or Christmas period truce game as well, Graham. I actually found I actually was looking into it, and they there are even some sources that suggest there was a score, and like the Germans won as well. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how we can verify. They always that, but... do. Well, they didn't win the World Wars, Graham. Anyway, let's take a quick break uh, on that note and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more about Boxing Day and um, and the traditions and maybe how uh, the US soccer fan can make it their own. Back shortly. Today's episode of Soccer 101 is brought to you by our old friends at ExpressVPN who would like to know if you have ever browsed in incognito mode. Because if you have, it is probably not as incognito as you think. And why would it be? Incognito mode, like the Chrome browser itself, is a Google product. And Google has made its fortune by tracking your movements online. Significant shots fired at Google today. Uh, There's even a $5 billion class action lawsuit against the company in California where it's accused of secretly collecting user data. That's troubling. Google's defense, incognito mode does not mean invisible. All right. So how do you actually make yourself as invisible as possible online? You use ExpressVPN, just like we do at the Total Soccer Show. Uh, I use it to access Netflix in different countries so you can get different movie options. I continue to do that because it works really well. But I know Ryan Bailey, living in Italy, uses ExpressVPN to be able to watch American coverage of games because American coverage is very good and is pretty blanket at that. Every time you connect to ExpressVPN, you get a random IP address shared by many other ExpressVPN customers that makes it harder for third parties to identify you or harvest your data. Best of all, ExpressVPN is super easy to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button for instant protection. So if you really want to go incognito and protect your privacy, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN. Visit expressvpn.com soccer and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash soccer. Go to expressvpn.com slash soccer to learn more. Thank you so much to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. Now back to us talking about Boxing Day. Soccer 101, welcome back. We are talking all things Boxing Day. Just before the break, we were talking about mm-hmm. the Christmas truce games. Was it 1914, Taylor? It was indeed, and I have an update for you uh, from The Ball is Round. The Times reported a game between the Royal Army Medical Corps, which I believe was the German side, and the 133rd Saxons, who sang God Save the King, drank to the monarch's health, and then beat the English 3-2. to two. The German regimental records confirm that a Scot provided the ball, and that this developed into a regulation football match with caps usually laid out as goals. The frozen ground was no great matter. I guess it won't be uh, that much of a matter compared to the other issues when we have Boxing Day. This time round, frozen ground is just to be expected. But yeah, it looks like maybe the Germans, at least in one game, got, got some uh, got some good results. Indeed. Well, yeah, they, they they know about getting good results on the on the soccer field at the very least, Taylor. Um, <laughs> let's talk about maybe Graham. Um, the uh, the Boxing Day fixtures this year seem to be um, well. They're a moving a moving prospect at the moment. As we record, two Premier League games are out, and many more in the EFL as well due to due to COVID. Um, in fact, I, I mentioned. 
the tradition in my family to go to a game. I was very excited to join my entire extended family at AFC Wimbledon versus Charlton uh, this Boxing Day. Uh, some, you know, something we all like to do. We all like to go to a game on that day. And as you mentioned, Graham, people who don't often go to games will go there. My mum was mm. going to come with us. She never goes to the soccer games. Uh, that one has been called off moments before we started recording, so I'm pretty disappointed about that. And it's it's going to affect, Graham, the, the psyche of the country if if more of these games start getting getting called off, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. And it seems like the schedule is probably going to be decimated, as you say, two Premier League fixtures from Boxing Day have, have, have already fallen by the wayside. So those were Liverpool, Leeds and Wolves, West Ham. Um, obviously, we should mention, I don't think we've actually referenced it directly, that this is due to COVID cases and the the rise of the Omicron variant that is a, a wave in the UK that's uh, really hitting quite hard. In Scotland, we have actually moved our winter break forward. So the decision was taken to move the winter. Normally, the winter break, starts after the New Year's Day games it's now been brought forward to just after Boxing Day but the Scottish Government has made the decision that fans um, cannot go to those games or rather 500 fans are permitted to go to those games but without going too long on this a lot of the clubs have decided that actually opening their stadium for 500 fans is going to lose them money and so Hearts have already made the decision they're going to close their stadium for their Boxing Day game And, and that's a real shame for me because the Boxing Day games are, to go over old ground, are very much about the fans, about the, the fans who get to go to those games who don't normally um, have the opportunity to attend. It's about family and friends. So it it really is a, a pretty depressing symbol of our times that those stadiums in Scotland are going to be empty on Boxing Day and that we're going to have, it seems like, a, a, a large number of uh, matches postponed down south as well. Indeed. Um more broadly speaking, the fixture pile up around this time of year, it, it is troublesome for Premier League teams. And you hear the likes of Jurgen Klopp um, complaining around this time of year of the amount of fixtures that they'll have to play, or maybe not so many as the case will be, with Liverpool Leeds being one of the postponed games on Boxing Day. Joe, I'll come to you. Um, does it seem bizarre to you that in the almost dead of winter, they're playing three games in a week? So not only is there a traditional Boxing Day game, there's one on usually around the 28th, and then a full fixture a list on New Year's Day as well. So that's three games in short succession. Then you've got the cup competitions coming shortly on their heels as well. Does that seem a bit crazy to the outsider? There's just too many games, man. There's just too many games. And it doesn't feel totally absurd because as someone who watches Major League Soccer really, <clears throat> really, really closely, excuse me, there's a ton of games in MLS and there's a lot of fixture congestion and there has been, at least in recent years, and it's it's probably only going to continue to get more congested. So it feels weird to me, Ryan, wherever I'm seeing it. It feels a little strange to constantly be checking FOTMOB or, or to be looking up the schedule on Google and realizing, oh, there was just a game two days ago, there's already another one. But it feels weird to me whether that's in England in the Premier League, whether that's in Italy and in, in Serie A, whether that's in Major League Soccer. There's just too much soccer. As much as I love soccer, sometimes I think there's too much of it. Yeah, you might be right there. And um, by the way, I have in my research I found out there's not just games on Boxing Day in England. Uh, the Turkish Turkish Super League, excuse me, has a full uh, list of games on Boxing Day. There are games also in Morocco, India, Australia, and Ghana to name but a few. Uh, Taylor, Is that, I'd like Ryan. I have a question. Is that because it's a Sunday this year or is that because Turkey observes Boxing Day? Because my assumption would be that it's just a weekend in Turkey. 
I think it's just a weekend round yeah. of fixtures, Taylor. Yeah. Yes, and not being a predominantly Christian country, I believe that is uh, just a regular fixture day. But uh, all the same, yeah. And that's maybe the same reason why we're seeing like a full NFL program on yeah. uh, Boxing Day this year in the US. And, and there's plenty of NBA games throughout it's the week. British and- solidarity, man. They want that London <laughs> franchise. They got to start somewhere. <laughs> quite, Taylor, quite. Well, on that note, why don't we turn the conversation to the US soccer experience and how Americans can make boxing day their own taylor i'll come to you first my my initial thought was all you've got to do is you know invent a time machine go back to sort of early 1775 and don't revolt then you can play a part in it (laughs) uh you could go that route i have advocated for time machines on other episodes we've recorded uh but in this case i would just say if anything this is the ideal time to watch soccer around people who maybe aren't normally as into it because especially if you've got a bunch of family over uh, or if you've got like people around who often aren't into it like like I would say when I was a kid if there were soccer on like my grandfather wasn't so big into it even my dad like wouldn't watch games but if there's something on to kind of distract in the background I think people will get into it and I think it's a good introduction instead of like, we're sitting down and we're watching this game to just sort of have it on in the background. Like I said earlier, as you're drinking coffee, having breakfast, hanging out, it's just a nice thing to sort of like, oh, let's check in on the game. And you can sort of pay attention to it passively. I do feel like sports are really good for that, uh, to give you something to talk about if you don't have other things to talk about. So I think that's one way Americans could definitely embrace it. Yeah. Joe, any thoughts on this? Does, how, what does soccer play as a role in, in your uh, post-Christmas experience? It doesn't play a huge role, to be honest, especially because the timing for a lot of the European games being in a, a Western time zone in the U.S. is a little yeah. tricky. So if I'm trying to have a restful Boxing Day, I'm certainly not up for the 5.30 a.m. games. I'm, I may or may not be really engaged for the 8.30 games or whatever the timing is. So it's a little bit challenging, but still, I like the idea of being able to turn on a mid-morning game. And, and certainly for folks who don't live in the Western portion of the U.S., this is a lot easier. I like that idea. There's something comforting about having just having a, a game on NBC up on the TV, some sort of Premier League game. That that definitely brings good memories to my mind and I think would enrich that time. For me, I, I thought about this in a couple of other ways. So then, then, the, then the direct, yikes, that was a tough one for me. Good gracious. <laughs> then the direct, tongue twister, uh, Boxing Day Premier League sort of, sort of English nature of, of Boxing Day as it stands now. We talked about a while ago MLS potentially putting MLS Cup on Thanksgiving Day on a regular basis. And Don Garber has poo-pooed that a couple of other times since we've talked about it. So I don't think that's going to happen. We talked about that on TSS and maybe even on, on 101 before. I do like the idea of essentially doing what England does on Boxing Day. I, I like the idea of Major League Soccer and American Soccer doing that on Black Friday on doing that the day after Thanksgiving. And maybe they have one playoff game on Thanksgiving Day like they did this, this year, 2021, the Colorado Rapids uh, facing off against the Portland Timbers. Maybe we have that the day after and we have two sure. or three MLS playoff games on, on, on Black Friday. Excuse me. That could start to build towards what England and and the UK have already done on Boxing Day. So that's one idea. And then just one other totally non-soccer idea is just there's an opportunity for us to remember what Boxing Day is primarily about in a non-soccer sense and give. Do some end-of-year giving. Prioritize that around this time. It doesn't have to be on Boxing Day, but I'm, I'm talking to myself here as much as I'm talking to anyone out there who's able to do the same prioritize that time, serve others, even if it's not in a monetary way, find opportunities. And I know it's harder to do that right now, 
but find opportunities to serve and to to show love to some people around you. I think that that for me is the biggest thing that I am thinking about or I'm trying to think about in relation to Boxing Day here in the U.S. Mm. Sage advice from Joe Lowry. I like that a lot. Thank you very much. I like your idea of uh, owning Black Friday as well for, for soccer. I think that's great. If if Black Friday is indeed the equivalent of Boxing Day in terms of corporate financial sales and <laughs> consumerism, then maybe that's appropriate. I like that a lot, Joe. Um, I think maybe is one more area we can explore, Graham, is maybe any other holiday mm-hmm. traditions that we have. I, I mentioned that New Year's Day is also a, a packed yeah. fixture list for the UK. And I think it's it's made me realise how very sport-based this time of year is uh, for the British. Because if it's not soccer, there's darts on. And yes, yeah. America, we watch a lot of darts people playing darts at this time of year. Also cricket, if you're that way inclined. Uh, the Ashes are taking place in Australia at the moment. Uh, and there's, a, there's a lot of sport going on, Graham. There is, and, and even things like, I mean, things that I am not in favour of, but historically, uh, like fox hunting, as that happens around this time of year. Obviously, that was the sport was outlawed in 2005, um, but you've got, I think, horse racing uh, has happened around this time of year. Rugby, I think there's uh, that, that has also happened until they adopted a summer schedule. And then a Boxing Day tradition, which uh, still happens to this day, is people running into the sea in novelty yes. costumes. That happens up and down the country, which uh, not soccer related, of course, but vaguely kind of sport related, I guess, swimming. That's a sport, apparently, I've heard. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, even if you are dressed as a reindeer. Um, but yeah, it's, it, this time of year in the UK is very, very much uh, sports-based. And you, you mentioned there holiday-centric soccer traditions. I actually looked at, I'm not sure if this is the direction you wanted to go down, but kind of weird traditions in other countries that um, that are focused around particular clubs. So at uh, Real, Real Betis, I love this tradition, in the final home game before Christmas at the Benito Vela Marine, the uh, Real Betis fans they bring a stuffed toy to the game and they throw them down onto the pitch and they're all yeah. collected and mm. donated to children's charities which uh, I think is fantastic and then uh, Onion Berlin as well um, unfortunately this one hasn't happened in Covid times for obvious reasons but every year um, the Onion Berlin fans congregate at the club's stadium to sing Christmas carols and we're not talking about a small crowd in 2019 28,000 fans showed up and they're all out on the pitch and it's the whole thing and the club makes it it's one of the, the most idios, uh, idiosyncratic things about that club and and they really embrace it so those were two traditions that uh, sprung to mind for me that's wonderful stuff um i think we can probably wrap it up there guys wrap it up with a neat little bow like they used to on boxing day uh taylor rocco thank you so much for your contributions on this here episode right back at you buddies this has been a fun episode thanks guys it has indeed. Joe Lowry, thank you very much for your sage advice. Oh, thank you, Ryan. And Graham Rutherford, a pleasure as always. Good, sir. Happy Boxing Day to you. Thank you, Ryan, and to you too. Happy holidays to you, listener. Happy Boxing Day. Enjoy that, soccer's. However many games we get this time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.